This is the Hacking Real Estate Podcast, Episode 9. She's home sleeping, getting paid, and I'm out here freezing my ass off, throwing salt in the driveway, and I'm not getting paid. I'm doing something wrong. So for me, that was just a light bulb moment. I said, I need to start investing. And I know everyone says, oh, you know, millionaires are made by, by real estate, but I didn't understand the business potential of real estate. I think we all go into it thinking, hey, we're going to buy a few assets. We're going to you know, become landlords. But at Jake and Gino, we say we create multifamily entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Hacking Real Estate Podcast, where we dive into the stories of seasoned, hands-on, and tech-savvy real estate investors. We'll learn the strategies and tools they use to maximize returns and minimize hassle, all while navigating the rapidly changing real estate market. I'm your co-host, Brandon Hall, and managing partner of Hall CPA, and I'm sitting alongside my co-host, Vikas Gupta, CEO of Azebo. With our combined 15 years of experience in real estate investing and entrepreneurship, we're here to help you up your real estate game. Let's get hacking. Hey, everyone. We are back with another episode. Our, our guest today is Gino Barbero. He's an investor, business owner, author, and entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, he's grown his real estate portfolio to over 2,000 multifamily units and $250 million in assets under management. Gino and his partner, Jake, uh, friends of mine, are teaching others how to do the same through their Jake and Gino premier multifamily real estate education community. Uh, to date, their students have closed on over 60,000 units and $4 billion in deal volume. Gina is the best-selling author of three books, Wheelbow of Profits, The Honey Bee, and Family Food and the Friars. He currently resides in St. Augustine, Florida with his beautiful wife, Julia, and their six children. Gino, welcome to the show. Brandon, Vickis, thanks for having me on. Let's have some fun today. I, I like that. I like that. Let's have some fun. Well, why don't you kick us off just by giving us a short background. I know, I've, I know that your story is very cool. Um, so, so how did you originally get into real estate investing? The story may be very cool, but it's also very painful for anyone who's an entrepreneur. And it's, stuff doesn't happen. It sounds sexy, $250 million in assets, 2,000 units. Yeah, that may be the end product, but the beginning product was nothing like that. I'm just going to be honest with everybody. It sucked. I had a restaurant for years. It was great until it wasn't great. You know, 2008 comes along and it's like, holy crap, I'm working my ass off and I'm not making any money here. So I, I met Jake in 2009. He was the drug rep. He's running around GlaxoSmithKline. You know, the sunshine that comes in, they start changing all the laws and he's getting catering out of my restaurant. So that starts to blow up. And he says, you know what, New York, see you, wouldn't want to be you. He leaves New York in 2011, goes to Knoxville, Tennessee. And that to me was a blessing in disguise because I was looking to invest in New York and I couldn't find deals in New York. So he moved down there. We decided to partner up on a whim. He knew nothing. I taught him everything. I can say that because he's not on the show. But truthfully, he had no idea what the hell he was doing in the beginning. He had none, right? He was just a guy who was hungry. He was willing to work and he had great work ethic, great morals. We had, we really aligned really well on values and, and, and our long-term mindset. And it took us 18 months to find the first deal. It was very difficult. I mean, it's very similar to where we are right now in the market. Everyone's like, oh, it's you know recession, scary. Well, back in 2011 and 12, the GDP sucked. Rents were 300 bucks for a one bedroom in Knoxville. It was, it was, there was no capital raising. That was very hard to secure. And that's where we're going back to now. So I share that with everybody saying, you know, is it the right time? It's always the right time when you're ready. And I was fed up with my situation. I wasn't making enough. And I just wanted to secure some passive income. Jake and I said, if we get 100 units, brother, we are free, my friend. 100 units, that's all we wanted. And, uh, you know, by the third deal, you know, year into 
buying our first deal, we were at 200 units. So for us, it was just getting started, getting to know each other. I had the mentorship experience, so I sort of knew how to underwrite deals, and I had made mistakes previous. And that's how we got together in 2011. 18 months later, we got our first deal. If you own rental units but don't want to pay for expensive software, check out Azebo, the smarter way to manage your rental properties. With Azebo, you can automate rent collection, find quality renters, simplify accounting and tax prep, get a bank account designed for real estate investors, and save on rental property insurance. All of these services are free through Azebo. Join thousands of real estate investors who trust Azebo to manage their rental business in one convenient platform. Sign up today at azebo.com slash HRE. That's A-Z-I-B-O dot com slash H-R-E. So you owned a restaurant. Did you end up selling it? Good question. You know, that, that, that restaurant I opened in May 17th, 1994. I got out of college and I remember driving up to the restaurant the first day. I was by myself in the car and I was bawling. I was crying. I'm a young guy and I'm saying to myself, what the hell did I just get myself into? I mean, like all my friends are out in college. They're all got these great jobs and I'm working in the kitchen in the restaurant. And I honestly, the first 10 years of it, I, I loved it. I loved the restaurant because I was working with my father. I mean, I'd been working with him since I was eight years old and he passed away in 2007. That's why like, quote unquote, midlife crisis. I'm like, do I really like what I'm doing or did I really like the family aspect of the business? And the first 10 or 15 years were phenomenal. I mean, it was great. It was, it was a growth market. Uh, people actually went out to enjoy food. I mean, it was just, it was just a great time. There wasn't as much competition. There was no Grubhub. You're not calling Taco Bell up and getting $4 ordered. It was none of that kind of nonsense. And I, I truly loved the business the first 15 years. But then after that, the competition, not understanding how to scale the business, getting stuck in the restaurant, not being able to hire people. I had no core values, no culture. So it's like, okay, I'm washing dishes. Why can't I hire somebody? It's because I wasn't building a business. I was just building myself a pretty high paying job. When you decided to then go into real estate, did you like consciously go in with the idea of, I'm going to build a business, taking some of those lessons from the restaurant? You know, Vickis, when I started my first real deal for myself, I started in 2005 and I just jumped in and I cautioned people by just taking massive action. I wasn't educated. I lost $172,000 in that first deal. It was a mobile home park and it was a syndication, didn't know what it was, papers weren't drawn up. Terrible partnership, but it was all on me because I didn't do due diligence. I didn't know underwriting. I just had some money, gave it to somebody. The deal went bad. And, you know, that one night I was out at the restaurant. It was a Friday night. I'll never forget it. It's snowing in New York. I got about eight inches of snow. No one's around. I'm in the parking lot throwing salt. And we own the building. My mom owned the building. And she had three apartments upstairs. And I see one of the lights on in the bathroom in the apartment. And I'm like, ha. I'm a sucker out here, not getting paid again this Friday, this week. I'm not getting paid because of the snow. Meanwhile, my mom's collecting rent from those three apartments up there. She's getting paid every single month. And that really stuck me. I'm like, I'm just not in the right business. I'm actually, she's home sleeping, getting paid. And I'm out here freezing my ass off, throwing salt in the driveway. And I'm not getting paid. I'm doing something wrong. So for me, that was just a light bulb moment. I said, I need to start investing. And I know everyone says, oh, you know, millionaires are made by, by real estate. But I didn't understand the business potential of real estate. I think we all go into it thinking, hey, we're going to buy a few assets. We're going to, you know, become landlords. But at Jake and Gino, we say we create multifamily entrepreneurs. You get into multifamily specifically because you want to scale up to be able to hire property managers, to be able to hire maintenance techs. You need to start out as the IMA guy. Jake and I were the ultimate IMA guys. I'm going to do this. 
I'm going to do that. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get 100 units. But once you get to that 100 units, it's like, well, I need to grow out of that person. I need to start hiring. I think that's in any business. In the beginning, we all need to bootstrap in the beginning, really learn the processes and the systems, and then start building them. But once you're, you're at that point where you need to start growing, I think you need to get rid of the ego and say, there's people out there that can do it at least as good as me, probably better. How do I get those people on the team? And I think when you look at real estate in 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 its totality, that's why the single family space is very difficult because you're buying one, two, three, ten. They're all over the place. It's very difficult to scale a portfolio. I'm not saying it's not not doable. We have students who have over 100 single family homes. I don't know why they'd want to do that, but they just got started doing that. But it's a very hard business to scale up. So I think when you're looking at real estate, look at it as a business where you can scale, but also you're a property manager, but you're also the asset manager. You're managing that asset. You're managing the NOI and you're managing the cash flows of that business. I like that take a lot. I don't think you hear that very often, but you're totally right. Um, most people buy rental real estate, at, le at least at the beginning, for financial freedom, right? That's the ultimate goal. Um, I, I remember I used to ask this question to everybody on our sales calls when I was doing all the sales calls was why real estate? What, what, what's the so great about real estate? Why not invest in the stock market? And it was always, I'm trying to create cash flow so that I can leave my job or at least decide if I want to show up. But I think that you're right in, in what I've experienced in servicing clients that make a business out of it is you, you get huge leverage just, just by using capital, uh, you know, being able to, finance properties so you get huge leverage and you can make real businesses out of it it's not just like buy a property and watch it cash flow for 300 bucks i mean you can really yeah. do the same things that you would any other business you can create competitive advantages through the people that uh, on your team through your strategy of adding value uh the different markets that you acquire and the different relationships you have so it can really be a a big business um so i really like that take now i would love to touch base or, or circle back to the deal, the first deal that you ever had, you said you lost $170,000 on deal number one. Most people would have thrown in the towel. That's a big gut punch, right? Like what made you say, I'm going to try this again versus like, oh, real estate's a, a sham. Before I answer that question, that's a great question. I want to go back to what you just said about the business because I want to change people's paradigm about real estate. Everyone gets in it for cash flow. And I think cash flow is important. Cash flow will get you out of your job. Equity will keep you out of your job, all right? That's truly important. What you need to do is you need to build equity because once you get equity, you can repurpose the equity into the next property. We talk about in our business, the conveyor belt. Think of an imaginary conveyor belt in front of yourself. It's a five-year conveyor belt. You want to stack as many assets as you can because as you're stacking the assets, what you're doing is you're matriculating it. So three years from now, that deal has been repositioned. It's got value add. You can either sell it or you can refinance it and pull the equity out because you don't make money when you buy real estate. That's a fallacy. You may make some money with the cash flow, but you truly make money when you exit real estate. And that's either a sale or a refi. So let's understand the model. That's the business of real estate right there. That's building a business where you're buying assets, adding value, and continuing to either hold them, pull the equity out, or sell them and, and actually trade up to another asset. I know you're, you're, you want to say something, Brandon. You can jump in at any time because I think that's important. I want, I want to put that in front of people because I 
I didn't understand that years ago. And that's what we teach our students because they think, oh, I'm going to make $100 per door. That's, that's, you're thinking small right there. That, that's, the, that's, that's what Jake and I thought. All we thought was yield. But there's so many other implications. You have tax benefits. You have principal pay down. You have appreciation. You have the ability to trade up. I mean, so many different benefits to it. But that, that uh, $172,000 loss, that's an important component for me to ponder as I get older. And, and this may sound crazy. I just went on a couples retreat last week to Ireland with my wife. We went to a retreat with nine other Jake and Gino couples. And it was uh, with Phil McKernan, amazing life coach. We dove into our past. And, and now that you hit me that question, I'm saying to myself, I think I was just pissed at my mom because my mom told me, don't invest that money. You're going to lose the money if you invest it. And I'm like, man, I don't want to prove her right. I'm going to prove her wrong. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to buy that next deal. I'm going to make a ton of money. And the irony was when I met Jake, I didn't tell my mom that I invested with Jake until we had 200 units. I was afraid to tell her because I was afraid that she'd make these excuses and say, hey, you're okay, you're risking. You've got six mouths to feed. What do you do? And let's stay small with the business. So for me, I think I had a lot to prove. I think I was sloppy. I think I didn't want to, I didn't want to show her or anyone in my, my group that I'm a quitter. I said, I got to figure this out. If this guy Mike can do this and he's making money every month, I used to, my partner, I used to call Maserati Mike. He had a couple hundred units. This guy, he looked like a moron, but I'm like, how could he do? If he can do it, I can do it. And that's what really motivated and inspired me. Then when 08 came, I got the mentorship, I got the training. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I need to do this because I need to continue to build the wealth. And when everyone's telling you, you've got six kids, you've got six weddings, you've got six colleges, you've got money to retire. I knew I couldn't make it with the restaurant, that one stream of income. I knew that I needed to continue uh, those other streams of income. But if it was for me, the, the, the main reason was I just wanted to do something where there was impact. And then fortunately for me, getting into real estate and then actually creating a platform like Jake and Gino, where I can continue to expand on the impact. I mean, it's just, for me, it was just, it was just awesome. Now that's a great story. And I think like to, to what Brandon was getting at. And I think to the story you just told us, like getting, getting beyond that first deal, getting beyond that first, you know, gut punch of losing $170,000 in, then it sounds like you took that and you're like, all right, I need to go back to school, so to speak, really learn up, bone up on how real estate works and then do another deal with that knowledge that you learned. Awesome. Gino, thanks so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Gino.